0: This is what should be done, by one who is skilled in goodness and who knows the path of peace. Let them be able and upright, straightforward and gentle in speech, humble and not conceited, contented and easily satisfied. Unburdened with duties, and frugal in their ways. Peaceful and calm, and wise and skillful. Not proud or demanding in nature. Let them not do the slightest thing, that the wise would later reprove. Wishing in gladness and in safety May all beings be at ease Whatever living beings there may be Whether they are weak or strong Omitting none, the great or the mighty Medium, short or small The seen and the unseen those living near and far away, those born and to be born, may all beings be at ease. Let none deceive another, or despise any being in any state. Let none, through anger or ill will, wish harm upon another. Even as a mother, protects with her life, her child, her only child. So with a boundless heart should one cherish all living beings, radiating kindness over the entire world, spreading upwards to the skies and downwards to the depth, outwards and unbounded. Free from hatred and ill will, Whether standing or walking, Seated or lying down, Free from drowsiness, One should sustain this recollection, This is said to be the sublime abiding, By not holding to fixed views, The pure-hearted one, Having clarity of vision, being freed from all sense desires is not born again into this world sadhu 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 just give me a moment everything has moved around here a little bit
1: okay we'll you we move it back into place
0: yes there we go
1: And venerable, I'll ask
0: you again this evening. Would you like to offer a talk to us this evening? Yeah, sure. I think. Oh,
1: that's wonderful. Yeah, I think last
0: time I said no, didn't I? Yes, you did. Yes. And I think you said, Chris, that last time I was speaking about. What did you say again? Being content with our meditation. I think. I well, yes,
1: and I got it wrong. I got confused with the previous visit. Um, uh, last time you spoke to us, um, how to maintain our practice even when we don't feel like it.
0: Oh, okay. Because I thought when you said I spoke about being content with our meditation, that I probably haven't learned anything since last time I was <laughs> was <laughs> te- teaching. Because this afternoon I was meditating exactly that way and of course i'm joking when saying i haven't learned anything because this attitude of just being content with our meditation that is something you can develop and keep practicing your whole life actually i know often you start meditating and either you're craving to get some sort of peace out of it or you're getting annoyed with what's happening and you're not content with it like maybe your body is uncomfortable and you sit in meditation you're like this meditation is so uh, uncomfortable and not pleasant i wish i was in a deeper meditation or i wish i was doing something else this just sucks this meditation (laughs) if you have that kind of attitude then of course, your meditation is going to uh, be unpleasant. in meditation it's and in not just in meditation, but in many things in life, it's not so much what you experience but how you look at it. How do you look at your experience in meditation? How do you relate to it? That's what I mean. You can have. I'll just take the example of the uncomfortable body you can have an uncomfortable body but you can still actually be happy and you can still have really good meditation even though your body might be uncomfortable as long as your attitude is one of acceptance and kindness and being happy to be where you are and it's the same with the mind. You know, sometimes we meditate and all these thoughts come up and we are taught that in meditation you should still the thoughts, be nice and peaceful, uh, almost like the as peaceful and still as that skeleton I showed you earlier. <laughs> yeah. But often it's not like that, you know. You just meditate and thoughts come up. Now, how do you re- react to those thoughts or annoyances? pains in the body, how do you relate to them? Do you relate to them by trying to push them away? Go away, you thoughts. I'm meditating right now, you are, you are not allowed in my mind now, or your pain in your body, are you like, ah, go away, pain in the body, uh, not, not now, this is not the right moment. If you have that sort of attitude, then you're not really meditating properly because meditation has to come from a place of acceptance and and to, to be happy to be where you are. Often meditation is, is, is thought and people say just be in the present moment. That's often part of the instructions. It's, it's a very helpful instruction but uh, if the pleasant moment is something we don't like, if it's something we're not accepting, we're not happy to be there, then it's impossible basically to be in the present moment. You have to actually like being in the present moment. Then it is natural to be in the present moment because it's just a nice place to be. And if you are meditating like this in your, your mind starts running to the future because you're not comfortable in the present moment and you bring it back to the present moment because that's what you're taught to do, right? That's what a good meditator does, bring it back to the present moment. But you're just there for 10 seconds and then your mind starts running again and thinking about the future again or uh, getting annoyed again or, or just thinking about all sorts of stuff. Why? Because you are not happy to be where you are. If you're happy to be where you are, you don't want to go anywhere. And I hope you've all had experiences in life where you can feel that what that is like, that kind of happiness to just to that everything seems perfect. You're just happy to be there. It doesn't have to be meditation per se. I remember some experiences like with my friends just lying in the grass or something. I'm just happy to be there. I wasn't just not thinking about anything. Just enjoying the sun and the company of my friends. And it was just so wonderful. And the whole concept of time just sort of disappears then because you're just so happy to be there. And this is the same in meditation. When you're just happy to be in the meditation where you are now then it becomes so easy you don't think about the future automatically because you're just happy here most of the thoughts that we have future or past or uh, anger um, desire they are all because we are not content contentment is such a great approach to life in general but meditation especially I also mentioned anger and desire. Anger is often, a you want to get away from something or you, maybe you're angry something that happened in the past. So it's never about the present moment. You either want to go to the future or get rid of the past or something like that. And desire of course is always want something else than where you are now. So in meditation, uh, we don't need those sort of thoughts. We can be happy, Where we are. And one useful way I find to practice that, because it's easy just me telling you, just be happy in the present moment and all will be fine. Well, what you do, you sit meditation and you're not happy, so you think, ah, I must be doing something wrong. (laughs) Sunyo says it's so easy to be happy in the present, no, sometimes it's not easy at all, actually. I make it seem like it's easy, maybe if I just talk about it like that, but it can be quite hard because your life, you have difficulties, your body will have, probably have difficulties, aches and pains. I actually have some pain in my leg actually, and then start meditating. And then you feel the pain, of course, and it's not easy to be content in the present moment. In other words, just to be thought, be content in the moment. can be a good teaching, but sometimes it's too easy. It doesn't work. That's what I mean. The, the teaching is too simple. Simple. Not easy. Simple. Um, you need a little bit more oomph behind it. And what I like to do to get that oomph behind the contentment and behind being happy with the present moment is to actually send loving kindness towards the present. Be Um, really embracing the present as it is I don't know if all of you have heard of loving kindness meditation before most of you probably because I've seen you many times but usually it's it's taught like you're kind towards other people you're kind towards uh, uh, animals and um, other beings but you can also have loving kindness to the present moment actually and It's very helpful to see all the beautiful parts in the present moment instead of focusing on all the not so beautiful parts. For example, we are all here right now on this uh, this internet call and we have the opportunity to do some meditation in a moment. And that is really wonderful. You know, not many people have that opportunity or they uh, don't even uh, encounter meditation in their lives. And in that way, reflecting like that, wow, I can meditate and uh, I have this opportunity to just sit there and be happy and share this time with all these people, do something that is really spiritually enhancing, something that enriches my life. And then like so much gratitude just to have the opportunity to meditate, especially in a group like this, and gratitude towards all the people, and just to be happy to be there. And if you start with that attitude, you, you, you become so accepting of the present moment because you look, see the beautiful parts in it. Yeah and uh, I think we should actually uh, try and practice that in a moment because I can not talk on and on but I think you get the idea already to be just happier in the moment but not just by being telling yourself I have to be content now I have to be content no that doesn't work often just instead focus on the beautiful parts and send kindness towards This moment acceptance and open your heart to this opportunity to meditate if we do that we have like a little um, like what do they call it like a springboard into meditation you lift off more easily yeah so I will guide you in a moment uh, a little bit in a meditation to develop this uh, kindness towards present moment but I will not do that for the whole 45 minutes because hopefully at some point you'll be so happy just to sit there and you don't need to develop kindness towards the present moment anymore because you're already very content and at that point you can just let go of that instruction and you sit there and just be and just let life happen to you in a way and that's often when meditation becomes very, very natural because you just sit there and you're happy to sit there and things like the breath come to you automatically. You don't need to go chase it or you don't need to keep putting your attention back on the breath because the reason that you have to keep doing that is also because you're not content with your breath. You keep losing it all the time. Uh, so instead, just be happy to be there. Then that everything will... Uh, unfold much more naturally in my experience anyway but let's see if that will also be your experience (laughs) so i suggest we meditate for uh, about 40 minutes and i will uh, guide you through that friends. Before we start, just make sure you're in a reasonable posture for meditation. That you don't sit slouched over. Just position your body in a comfortable way. Always take a little bit of time to get in touch with your body, to position it adequately. once your body is uh, positioned okay, doesn't have to be perfect, just good enough, please take a moment to reflect upon us being here, although it's through the internet, us being here together. being here with all these lovely people with the best intentions. And if you're listening to this later on the YouTube, you'll have to uh, change these instructions to fit you. but for those live, listening live. Just to acknowledge the fact that somewhere in the world these other people are also now meditating with us. Taking some time out of their day to do something beautiful looking for kindness and peace. And realize that you also are doing something beautiful You're also looking for kindness, compassion, peace, happiness, all these beautiful qualities. And just the fact that you are sitting down, listening to this talk and wanting to meditate That alone is already enough, already makes the meditation a success. We don't need anything more than that. or you can thank yourself and all these other people just for being here. And by doing that, you might notice that your mind is already more uplifted a bit more happy and it's a little bit easier to stay in the present moment Take also the opportunity to really pay attention to what's going on right now. That's what I mean by the present moment. Whatever's happening inside your body and mind right now, what's happening around you, and really re- to reflect. Ah, this is so wonderful that I can just be in this moment, that this moment is here for me. It's so wonderful because I'm meditating. I have the opportunity to do so. many things in the present moment that might be annoying for example where I am the lights are very bright I'm sitting on a chair which I usually never sit on so it's uncomfortable there's some kind of zooming noise going on but I don't focus on those things instead I just Focus on the beauty of being here. And it doesn't matter what happens in my meditation later on because I am here and that's enough. I am in the present moment and the present moment is in me as well. So together, the present moment and me is going to have a good time. so see if you can develop this attitude of kindness and acceptance no not just acceptance embracing this present moment Not just being content to be here, but really loving to be here. Happy to be here. Don't want to be anywhere else in the whole world. This body, this mind, this moment is good enough for me. And for those who are still a bit struggling with these instructions, and actually for everybody, often it helps to put a little smile on your face and just smile to the present moment. Just slightly lift the corners of your lips. and Smile to this situation. The content of our experience doesn't matter, just that we are here. That is what matters. That's all we need to do be here. With those instructions, I will leave you to meditate for about half an hour by yourself. See if you can find happiness in the present moment. And once you do, just be there and enjoy being there. You can also focus on the breath if that feels natural, but don't force it. It's up for you to decide. So I will be quiet now. And after 30 minutes, I will guide you out of the meditation. We are coming close to the end of the meditation. Please take a moment just to notice how you feel right now. come back to the present moment once more just being here nothing to do and whatever happened in your meditation whether it was pleasant or unpleasant doesn't matter just thank yourself for the effort you've put in this meditation was good enough Was a little bit of guidance in, about finding contentment through some more active reflection than maybe what you're used to instead of just telling yourself be content and in, instead of doing that find some reasons to be happy to be content find the beauty in the moment find the beauty and the opportunity to meditate the beauty in your wholesome intentions and the intentions of everybody in this meeting and by doing that we have a different attitude to meditation already from the very start and i find that very helpful but even during the meditation i use that approach as well i was sitting meditation and my cheek really started itching very badly and i thought i could just scratch it of course and it'll be gone but then i thought ah how how, how about i apply the same technique about being content in the moment because i just thought that to everybody i would be a hypocrite if i wouldn't be doing it myself so i was like ah I'm so happy actually that I'm able to feel the itch on my cheek because there's also people in the world who can't feel any feelings and I've heard that they constantly hurt themselves by bumping into things and uh, scratching themselves or whatever so I'm happy that I'm able to feel these kind of uh, uncomfortable feelings as well. I'm actually very grateful for that. And then I was able to embrace that itchiness and make it part of my meditation. And of course, soon, I didn't even pay attention to it anymore and it just disappeared all by itself. And that reminds me of once I I was meditating when I was still a lay person. Must Must have been like 24 or something, so 15 years ago. No, not 15, whatever, uh, 11 years ago. And I was meditating in an old apartment that I lived in, in in the Netherlands, the city of Rotterdam. Some of you might know the city of Rotterdam in the Second World War was all bombed. So it was all uh, all flat. So they had to really quickly build all these what we call post-war apartments. They had to build them... uh, really quickly. So they're really cheap and really noisy and their floors are just made out of one layer of wood. Well, it's cheap for me to live in as a student, but downside, upstairs neighbors. (laughs) And I was meditating. I can remember very well sitting in front of my little shrine that I had made and my upstairs neighbors started fighting and arguing and really loudly Like, where are you this, you that, no, you, you, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, shall I just stop meditating and continue when they are done? But then I thought, no, that is not the point of meditation, to always find the perfect moment for it because you'll be waiting forever. So I just decided to just sit there. And I reflected, oh, I'm so happy actually that I'm able to sit here meditating. And these other people are fighting upstairs. I'm so happy that I am not fighting, that I am trying to find peace here instead. Ah, so much gratitude towards myself for doing that. Of course, I also had my fighting times, well, not as bad as my neighbors actually, they were really bad. But uh, at that moment, at least I was just sitting there and trying to be peaceful and happy. And I did get peaceful and happy because I was reflecting like that very similar to what we just did and soon i couldn't even hear my neighbors anymore the noise just disappeared because it wasn't important to me anymore i wasn't annoyed with it anymore and i was just sitting there being peaceful i remember telling my meditation friends about it like uh, a couple days afterwards uh, that there was a really a beautiful fight (laughs) Because it gave me the opportunity to (laughs) fight on my name, as I mean. Gave me the opportunity to reflect upon uh, peace instead, actually. Yeah. So I hope those reflections are helpful to you and that you can do something uh, similar in your meditation as well. Thank you all for listening to me. And thank you even more for just meditating with me, just being there. Thank you.
1: As always, uh, Venerable, it's a pleasure to be with you, and uh, thank you for the meditation. Venerable, would you like to move on to take questions, or would you like to speak more?
0: No, I'd love to take some questions, actually.
1: Okay, well, I've got see, a the chat here for you. Can I read it?
0: Yes, please, because I, c- I cannot see uh, the chat, so... Definitely.
1: There we go. This is a sutta with a dirty cloth and the one found the white part. Do you remember the name of the sutta?
0: No, I don't actually, but uh, I suppose you're saying you've got this dirty cloth and instead of reflecting upon the dirty parts, you look up on the white parts of the cloth. I can't even yes, I, yeah. yes. I can't even remember uh, actually.
1: In that case, can you maybe do enlighten us on part two? Could you please translate the word white cloth into Pali?
0: Oh, white is, is usually sukang and cloth, chivra, But uh, I'm not sure if that, uh, you will be able to find it with that. Anyway, uh, maybe next time I'll, I'll look it up and even next time I come back, maybe if I don't forget, I will, uh, can't remember even the whole simile to be honest. But what you might do is look upon a list list of similes in the in the Pali Canon or something, and look upon that on the internet and then look through the list of similes that I and mean, that's what you can do. yeah.
1: I can see the person smiling, so I'm sure the answer uh, was adequate uh, Venerable. Thank you. Okay. Uh, the next question in the chat is I would like to ask Venerable in his own words to help us in being in the present. What defines mindfulness in depth and how is the concept of time in Buddhism?
0: In my own words, I don't know if anybody ever answered that question before, so I don't have anybody else's words to go by. was it again, What, what is the concept of mindfulness and time? Wow.
1: What defines mindfulness and depth, and how is right. the concept of time in Buddhism?
0: Yeah, not sure if those questions really fit in with what we what we've been doing. But mindfulness is sort a multifaceted thing in in Buddhism, actually. Uh, you often hear that mindfulness is. Uh, non-judgmental present moment awareness but actually in the buddhist text it's much more than that uh, mindfulness is also to keep in mind that the purpose of what you're doing so let's say that we were meditating and we wanted to find contentment in the moment then your mindfulness would keep in mind the, the idea to be content, and if non-content arises in your mind, some kind of discontent or annoyance, and if you notice that, you're like, ah, I'm getting discontented, that's not what I was supposed to be doing, then if you notice that, that is part of your mindfulness, because your mindfulness keeps in mind the purpose of your meditation. And that is actually a really helpful concept uh, to know that mindfulness is not just being aware of the present moment, but also you have this ability inside yourself to remind yourself of um, of, of, of the purpose of, of, of things, not just meditation, but let's say you want to keep the five precepts uh, or the five precepts in Buddhism is like not lying, not stealing and so forth. Let's say you have a problem a little bit with lying, maybe sometimes you slouch, tell slight untruths or something. And what you can do is in the morning tell yourself, today I will try my best to not lie. I will try my best to uh, tell the truth all the time. And and this is actually an example from my own life, especially as a layperson. And If you tell yourself that in the morning, it's like setting up the uh, mindfulness in advance. Then if you go through your day and you're talking to somebody and you see this intention arise to maybe sl- tell a slight untruth to make yourself look better or what, to just maybe to, uh, it doesn't have to be an outright fraud or anything, but you know you know the kind of lies I'm tell- talking about. Sometimes just, you tell somebody something just so you don't have to uh, deal with them or whatever. Oh, the skeleton just fell over. <laughs> I don't know if you heard the crash. <laughs> yes, we
1: did.
0: <do. laughs> it's tired, I suppose. Anyway. <laughs> so you tell yourself in the morning, I will not uh, do, do that kind of lying or that sort of uh, half-truth. You go through your day and, and you might be able to notice that once that intention arises to just tell that slight lie, that wi- white lie, I suppose they call it, and you, your mindfulness up, ah, I told myself I wasn't gonna do that. And this is actually also how mindfulness is taught in the suttas as well. It's compared to a guard, uh, like uh, somebody who uh, guards, uh, like usually in the, in the, in the texts of the Buddha is like a guard in front of a city, protecting the gate. But now we can also imagine like a guard guarding a safe or something inside of a bank, a vault inside of a bank and would it be a good guard if the guard would be just present moment awareness and the robber came, this is a simile of Argent Brown, the robber came in in the bank and the guard was just noting, ah I see the robber going in the vault, robber going in the vault, the robber is in the vault, the robber's coming out, carrying bags, and you don't do anything as a guard. Is that a good guard? No. I'm holding my hand like this because I'm imagining this guard holding this spear or whatever, I don't know. Anyway, that's a bad guard. if It's just only aware of what's happening. A good guard also does something about it. You, know, you see the robber coming. This is like a simile for and your bad intentions or whatever. You see the robber coming, and then you say no. You don't go into the vault. Eh? I will not lie. I will not do that. That's actually what mindfulness is about. And that is so helpful to rec- to recognize that ability within ourselves. Also for meditation. You can tell yourself, in this meditation I will, um, whatever, let's say you want to focus on your breath. You tell yourself, I'll stay with my breath. During this meditation you tell yourself a couple of times it's like, instructing the mindfulness again. And you'll notice once your mind moves away from the breath, you'll be better able to recognize that and go back to the breath. And these uh, are some very important aspects of mindfulness as well that are often uh, overlooked. Yeah, so it's not just about being uh, non-judgmental in the present, actually. uh, often quite the opposite yeah and actually you actually have some sort of uh, discernment about what's going on and you make decisions appropriately you don't just allow your mind to do anything whatsoever you set certain boundaries to it and this is also the function of mindfulness keep it um, on the path of meditation and the concept of time in buddhism just be in the present moment that's the best thing to do (laughs) i don't want to speak about the concept of time there's not that's a lot of philosophy and um buddha never really talked about that sort of stuff about the concept of time or whatever so um, usually that just ends up a lot of thinking and not really helpful yeah
1: thank you venerable is there anyone who would like to unmute and ask a question directly? You're most welcome to. Mm,
2: I would like to ask, um, thank you for your meditation. Yeah, thank you for your meditation. I would like to ask um, is, because when I was just meditating, a lot of like negative thoughts and emotions come up. And hearing about your sharing, I'm wondering will they naturally go away when they like
0: lost importance in your mind ah that's a very good question yes gloria you can compare those negative thoughts to that itch that i talked about yeah if i would get annoyed with the itch uh, go away itch i you i don't want to have an itchy uh, cheek If I am like that, then I'm only paying more attention to the itch and it only becomes worse and worse. (laughs) And instead, I'm just happy to have the itch. And it's the same with your annoying thoughts that you mentioned, like, let's say, ill will or whatever. If you have those thoughts of annoyance and you get annoyed with them because you don't want to have them, then now you have double annoyance. So it's only getting worse and worse instead just happy oh okay it's just thoughts of annoyance i'm happy to have them i don't mind and yeah, i'm not perfect so i'm like i can have those thoughts i'm not hurting anybody just by having thoughts i'm just happy to be here and just recognize the way my mind is and yeah it's it's cool have negative thoughts why not <laughs> you know you don't have to be a, an enlightened buddha to to join this meditation group so Go ahead, think as many annoying thoughts as you want. And you'll find if you have that sort of attitude, I'm making a bit of fun out of it, but if you do have that attitude, then those annoying thoughts have no power anymore because the attitude behind them doesn't exist anymore. You don't have this attitude of ill will. You have this attitude of accepting whatever comes and being happy with it. And even, annoying thoughts you can be happy with and then they will disappear because it's like a contradiction you can't be happy and annoyed at the same time in, in, in that way yeah. but again if you get annoyed with annoyed thoughts yeah of course then <laughs> they'll keep coming and coming and, and this is easy to say you should be happy with annoying thoughts but uh, it takes some practice of course because people often I don't know why this is, but people so find it so hard to accept themselves. And it's not just the thoughts that we get annoyed with, but it's like a, we think it's a part of us and we're annoyed with ourselves. We should be a better person, we think, or something like that, you know. Uh, but don't think like that. It's all it's all right. We all have these thoughts, as long as you're not like enlightened or whatever, and it's fine. We're just practicing and we're just, um Actually, sometimes you can also reflect upon it like this. Just let those thoughts come um it's like old comma that just comes up and you just let them come and let them like uh, settle in a way just let let the let them uh, empty out let's say let's say I have this bottle this bottle here it's sitting there um full of water. Let's say the water is your annoying thoughts. When you open up the bottle, if you start pouring, I won't do it because my rope will get all wet, but there's only so much water in the bottle, right? You can't keep pouring forever. It's the same sometimes if you have that kind of attitude to your, towards your mind. You can't keep, get annoyed forever. Well, sometimes it feels like that, but if you have this attitude of just letting whatever thoughts need to come out, just let them come out then you're accepting them already and then they, they, they lose their power yeah hope that it helps
1: yes I can see uh, Gloria nodding venerable so I'm sure it has venerable I, I have a small question for you uh, when I visit temples in uh, Thailand and Laos often often we take a little bottle of water and we pour it out and right the ground.: um, What is the symbolism behind this? What does it mean?
0: Oh yeah. Okay. Um, I'm not really super familiar with Thai rituals because I've never really been in Thailand, but people over here do it as well. And I have understood when I asked somebody that uh, the water represents all your good deeds. And often they pour it in like a little bowl, actually, and not on the ground. And this little bowl, I heard, presents your your mother and father, your uh, family. And it's like you present your good deeds to them, like your merit. they call it. It's like uh, giving something to uh, other people. Yeah. And uh, the same, I believe, is also true when they uh, pour it under a tree or something. Yeah.
1: Oh, thank you, thank you, Venerable. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, we have a message from Gita, and the s- simile of the cloth is Vatapama, the Vata Parma Sutta. Okay.
0: okay, excellent.
1: So, thank you, Gita. Thank mm-hmm. you very much. Is there anyone else who'd like to unmute and ask the question? Oh, lovely, Nikki. Thank you.
2: I couldn't unmute that. Ah, I have.
0: Ah, wonderful!
2: Thank you, thank you, Venerable. I'd like to ask you a question. Um, you might say you don't want to answer it. That's all right. Um, so I'm having conversations with people at work. These are my peers, and, they, and we, the conversation of anger comes up a lot. And because of the nature of my work, um, the people we work with are often quite angry. Now. Because I'm I'm learning about anger through Buddhism and and the teachings are often, it's not uh, worth it being angry as such. So I'm trying to talk to my peers about this and they've got quite good um, standpoints and I'm thinking, well I don't want to be angry anymore and I don't want to feel angry because it hurts me. And then, so I'm gonna ask you, why do we even have it if we're, not, if we're trying to not be angry? Why, are, why do we have anger?
0: Yeah, why do we have anger? Because we lose focus, we lose, um, we lose our understanding, let's put it like that. We don't have real insight into things. We think that anger actually does make us happy. When you reflect upon it right now, You say, I don't want to be angry because it hurts me. But in the moment that you're angry, you're probably not able to think like that. You think you're getting something out of your anger. You feel like, uh, let's say you're angry at uh, a colleague at work and you feel so self-righteous. You feel like you've got it right and they've got it wrong. They should never have said that. They should never have done that thing. And if you're just angry enough somehow the justice gets served or something like that. It's just an example of how we think our anger um, um, makes something happen in the world that serves us. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? It's always self-serving anger. And uh, we lose focus of what is actually self-serving, which is to be kind and to be be. I was going to say to be kind and happy because you notice that anger never comes together with happiness, I've never seen a happy person who is angry at the same time it just doesn't happen but still people get angry and the reason is that they actually think that out of anger they will get something in return, some kind of happiness, some sort of fulfillment sometimes it can also be feel very um, satisfying to be angry you know because somebody did something wrong and now you are better be angry it feels so right (laughs) but at the same time it hurts as well yeah so that is just one way to reflect upon why we get angry but in a deeper sense it comes from a a sense of uh, our, our self that we are somehow this individual who is separate from the rest of the world. Um, when you're angry, you always feel this disconnection. It's us versus them, you know, me versus the world. And this kind of separation is like uh, in, an illusion in Buddhism. So it, that, in a deeper sense, it comes from that kind of uh, misunderstanding of reality. Yeah.
2: So would you say it's a process? So from the point of when someone's angry to the process of when they can let go of
0: that. Yeah, but not everybody's ready to let go of anger. You know, you can, you cannot tell other people, ah, just let go of your anger. <laughs> you know, if you do that, they'll usually just get more angry instead. So uh, it takes a uh, very special people to even realize that anger is not helpful. It's very rare that people realize that. Most people will never get there and they'll just be angry a lot. And what we can do then is not try to change them, but have compassion instead to them because they're just hurting themselves. And by being compassionate, we actually set a good example and that they might pick up on that. Like, oh, this person, this Nikki is actually, a, much more happy person than I am and they might realize that one day. And not because you tell them not to be angry, but but just because you give the good example. And many people will still not get the message even if you set the best example ever. <laughs> so that's just the way life is. Many people are just very stupid people, so. <laughs> yeah,
2: thank you, Venerable. Yes, thank you, Venerable.
1: Is there anyone else who would like to ask a question? All right. I have a, a point I would like to ask on Venerable, uh, when we develop a sense of compassion in ourselves, does that spread to others uh, and how does it spread and how does it help others? i just read a comment uh, today about becoming more compassionate in the classroom as a teacher and how if the teacher develops a sense of compassion then it spreads in the class
0: oh yeah that that sounds like a wonderful article actually maybe you should maybe you should uh, send it to the monastery and and say that it's for sunyo then i'll have a look at it as well i'll
1: do that
0: yeah but uh Yeah, I think compassion spreads the best in that way by setting an example. Uh, As I also told to Nikki, I've been living in this monastery now for 10 years and I've never seen Ajahn Brahm angry or annoyed. He's always, whatever happens, always comes from a place of kindness. Even if the monks do very stupid things, the kind of stupid things that you'll never hear about on the Dhamma talks, (laughs) <laughs> because they're too embarrassing to talk about but they do happen and uh, what does Ajahn Brown do? Does he get angry? No, it's always kindness and that example actually uh, um, has really inspired me a lot and has changed me a lot as well and because often these ideas about kindness and compassion and, even if we read it in the suttas from the Buddha, th- these ideas can be very abstract in a sense. We know sort of what it is, but to, to, to really be kind all the time, that's it's really like a, an, an abstract ideal. But when you see a person who actually is like that, and uh, who always acts like that, then it really uh, makes it tangible and alive. And you think like, oh, I can do that as well then. If, if he can do it, or they can do it, or she can do it, then maybe I can also be uh, less of an angry person and more kind. And uh, not to toot my own horn, but I feel like I have been also developing a lot in that direction and being much more, uh, uh, yeah, much more gentle, more soft, and. Uh, don't get so upset anymore with people it's never been my biggest problem like anger but uh, definitely i definitely had lessened it over the years and that is uh, um, something you can develop through practice doing this meditation but also the way you live and you know, keep uh, keep the precepts and the way you talk to people and the way you listen to people every moment we can actually practice this kindness and In the end, to really be always kind and never angry has to come from certain insights that are uh, very deep, but uh, at least in our way towards those insights, we can aim to be uh, a little bit better than last year, for example. Let's say uh, this year I'm just a little bit kinder than last year. Let's say that you've realized that for yourself. Wow, then you did such a good job because m- most people in the world, they uh, die just as uh, the same as they were born almost, or usually just more grumpy actually. <laughs> but uh, if you practice this path, then hopefully you'll be the opposite and you'll be, be more kind and more happy. Yeah. So in short, sure my answer would be uh, spend time with other kind people actually because they uh, have an influence on you. People like this, yeah. Uh, and uh, that, that is actually very helpful. And when I was a lay person, at some point I also start changing my friends because I realized what kind of friends were more helpful for me uh, to develop myself in a, the direction I wanted to go. So I had more and more Buddhist friends and uh, the more friends that, uh, um we're not as spiritual i start seeing less and less and that is uh, one way in which you can actually also encourage this kindness in yourself yeah
1: thank you very much venerable and thank you for this evening we've reached that time uh this evening you've been uh, speaking to people people in czechoslovakia poland perth maine minnesota germany munich Sri Lanka,
0: Spain, Malaysia, Cornwall, Indonesia, and France. wow. The whole world is here. Well, thank you everybody for being here and taking time out of your day uh, to uh, meditate together. That's really amazing. It is amazing. Yeah. And, uh, Venerable,
1: would you like to leave us with a blessing?
0: I was just going to suggest if you want the blessing or not. <laughs> okay. Um, so this blessing is may all sicknesses be alleviated, may you be happy and etc. Saba rogo vini muto sabha santa sabavera matikando <laughs> nebuto chatovang sabitiyo vivajantu sabarogo vinasatu mate bava twantarayo sukidika yukobava abivadana sili sanitcha vonda Chataro dhamma vadanti na pala.